The Making of the Classic, Rodenbach Grand Cru. The following is a Birvana audio blog. Please forgive verbal fumbles and stumbles. And after you're done listening, consider supporting the partners that make this site possible. Guinness Brewing in Dublin and Baltimore, Freem Family Brewers in Hood River, Oregon, and Rubens Brews in Seattle, Washington. Rodenbach makes one of the world's most unusual and accomplished beers and routinely finds itself on best of lists. More than that, it's a cultural institution. The standard bearer for the kinds of dark ales made in Belgium's Flanders region for two centuries, it is home to the largest collection of Oakentons, some dating well back into the 19th, 19th century in the country and perhaps the world. The character of this type of beer, acidic yet fruity, robust and endlessly complex, is due in large part to the brewing process and those vats in which beer ripens for years. The small group of tra traditional breweries making this style are so revered, proponents, including the writer Michael Jackson, their greatest fan, immodestly call them the Burgundies of Belgium. Rodenbach is the style's ambassador to the world, and the old brewery feels like its spiritual home. Rodenbach was founded in the industrial Westlander city of Russelara exactly 200 years ago, so let's mark, mark its bicentennial with a proper celebration of what makes it so important. History. Rodenbach was born into a Belgium that loved brown ales. This was true nationwide, but especially in the northern Flanders region and within Flanders of the western half from Mechelen to the French border. To 19th century Belgians, a chestnut hue was the mark of quality. They may not have understood the brewing process, but they knew well enough that the darker beers took longer to make. In the 1840s, brewer and engineer Georges Lacambre conducted a countrywide survey of Belgium and cataloged the quirky, impossible-to-categorize beers he found in Flanders. There he located brown ales and how brewers made them so. Modern brewers would use dark malts, whether that never occurred to them, impossible to believe, or because they considered such malts a cheat, the brewers of Flanders achieved color in the kettle. They used boils of fantastical, comical lengths. The average boil length was nine hours. In the entire country, Lacombre found only four beers made with boils of three hours or shorter, while five were over 10 hours, and the longest was 20 hours. 20! That was, of course, a Flanders brewery. Rodenbach make, made dark ales too, though it was decades before they considered vat aging. The brewery doesn't focus much on this period, but rather on the one that started in 1872. That's when a third generation Rodenbach, Eugene, returned to Rosalara from England, where he had been brewing porter. The UK was the center of brewing in that era, with technologies and practices that were decades ahead of Belgium. Yet the knowledge he returned with wasn't technological or even modern. It was the practice of vat aging beer to let it ripen like the best of the refined, wine-like London porters, then considered the best in the world. Eugene collected the first huge vats or fooders from French winemakers and began to age Rodenbach to achieve the kind of vinous acidity for which porters were renowned. In the 149 years since, the brewery has created an ever-growing warren of cellars. They now number 10, each holding up to 33 of these wooden giants. The smallest are 120 hectoliters, that's roughly 100 barrels, and the largest are a whopping 650 hectoliters, or 550 barrels. Many of them are very old. The brewery often says older than 150 years, but they've been saying that for a while. The three oldest date back to the 1830s. There are now 294 of them. The brewery has continued to evolve, and the beer has as well. 
Through the 1970s, Rodenbach used a cool ship and fermented some of their beers spontaneously, mating, making what brewer Rudy Gecklier, uh likened to a goose. Rodenbach installed a state-of-the-art brewery in the late aughts that floats in a glass enclosure amid grounds unchanged since Eugene's time. Sleek and stainless, it even has a cereal cooker, which in Belgium counts as traditional. Old fooders make good beer, but not old brew houses. Brewing process. Rodenbach is one of those rare beers, most of them made or inspired by Belgians, in which the brew house is almost an afterthought. One passes by the mash tun and kettle on tours, but briskly. The work made here isn't especially interesting and has been engineered for transformation. Rodenbach no longer employs long boils, and the wort is much like other Belgian grists. It starts with pale malt and uses corn grits instead of sugar. That's why they have the cereal cooker, along with roast malt for the characteristic color. Things get interesting once the wort leaves the kettle. Unlike Lambic, where brewers conduct a fairly natural or wild fermentation, Rodenbach pitches yeast uh, to their wort. This part of the brewery looks like any other, with stainless tanks and conical fermenters. It's not an entirely normal step, though. Rudy described it to me. In our process, we work with a yeast culture with eight different yeast strains and also a little bit of lactic bacterias. During the first week, we have an alcoholic fermentation from the yeast cells, and after one week, the lactic bacteria take it over during the lagering time. During the lagering time, we reduce the yeast cells in the beer by precipitation, and then we go with a nearly bright young beer to the wood. The, this microbial cocktail is noteworthy for a couple reasons. First, it's important to know that Rodenbach sends beer rather than wort to the vats. When Americans first tried making these beers, they fermented wort with wild yeasts and bacteria and ended up with beers that might have been good, but didn't taste like the, the ales of Flanders. Equally important, the use of lactic fermentation doesn't just lower the pH, it creates acids that wild yeast will later convert to fruity esters a key element of the flavor profile and similar to the transformation in Berliner Weisse. From the stainless, the beer goes into one of those 294 fooders, and that's where the real magic happens. Wild yeast resident in the wood, in most fooders probably originally introduced from the cool ship, then slowly chew on the complex sugars and acids fed by a constant slow dribble of oxygen into the beer. Yeast need oxygen to function, so the wood plays a pivotal role. As it grew, Rodenbach did what any brewery does, adding bigger and bigger vats to hold more and more beer. But brewers noticed a problem. Then, between the two world wars, they brought the biggest vats they could find on the market, vats of, of 650 hectoliters, Rudy explained. They discovered that the beer maturation was not going so fast as in vats of 180 hectoliters. The reason is very simple. The maturation speed depends on the average of the inner side surface and volume. In other words, the bigger the tank, the less surface area exposed to the beer and the slower the maturation. They also discovered that the biochemistry of slow and fast fermentation produced different flavor profiles. Eventually, they concluded that vats of 180 hectoliters were ideal for producing beer with the most rounded profile. Brewers continually taste the beer as it ages and make a blend from different fooders, selecting lots to produce a recognizable mother blend from year to year. During my visit in 2011, Rudy took me around to different vats to sample how varied the beer was in them was and how age transformed the beer. The vats they blend will age from 18 months to 2 years, and the beer they produce is remarkable. It is sharply acidic, 
with acetic acid, the type in vinegar, playing a noticeable role. The beer will become almost completely dry. Some lots reach 98% attenuation. Rodenbach has the unmistakable flavor of balsamic vinegar that comes from the interplay of acetic and lactic acids and the esters produced during conditioning. The big difference between spontaneous fermentation and mixed fermentation is with spontaneous you go from wort on wood and we go with young beer. The beer has an alcoholic protection so it is less risky. After two years you have a very acid beer and then you blend that acid beer together with a young beer to reduce acidity in your blend. That is the philosophy of this brewery. It's conservation by acidity. Rudy Kukwire. Grand Cru. Rodenbach does sell wholly aged beer in special irregular releases. For some purists, this is the brewery's finest product, and it is well worth sampling. Yet Grand Cru is actually the more finished, balanced product. To create it, the brewery borrows a page from the Lambic playbook, blending the old aged stock with younger beer, in this case, fresh beer. It's a practice I've seen few Americans adopt, but it's a brilliant way to add liveliness, fullness, and sweetness. In the case of regular Rodenbach, the beer is mostly young stocks with 25% aged, but in Grand Cru, two-thirds is aged and a third fresh. The flavor of Rodenbach is one of the most distinctive in the world. It's impossible to mistake for other beers, even in the tradition. Verhaga's Duchess de Bourgogne is the closest and has the, al- the balsamic note but is winier, sweeter, and fuller. It's also an exceptional beer. Despite the sharp elbows the various acids throw, Grand Cru has an intense cherry fruitiness, so much that you may wonder if cherries are a secret ingredient. The fresh beer softens the acids and harmonizes them with the esters. Even though in the most famous uh, of the range of Eau de Brunes, Flemish Reds, and unnamed Brown Flanders beers, which all seem to be settling on the designation Rude Brun, Red Brown, Rodenbach Grand Cru is the most assertive and complex of the bunch. It has inspired generations of fans, and I was delighted to learn that three young men were so smitten they decided to found their own brewery, Verzette. Natives of Flanders, they want to bring more people back to the classic ales of the region. The, region, the reason we started making this style is because we love Rodenbach, one of the founders, Alex Lippens, said. We are a fiery fan of it, huge fans. The stories of our fathers and uncles in the 80s and 90s, where next to each Pilsner tap you had a Rodenbach tap, we said, wow, we can't believe those stories almost, and we want that beer style popular again. They're right to revere it. Rodenbach, with its mixed fermentation and vat aging and blending, is fussed over like no other beer in the world. With its groves of fooders amid acres of cellars, it's one of the remarkable sights in the brewing world as well. And after 200 years of refinement, it's flat out one of the most accomplished beers made on earth. Here's a happy anniversary to our friends in Flanders, along with a wish that it survives another couple centuries.